Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are around the world. Thank you for joining us today for the second in our series of deep dive webinars. Today, we're going to be looking at gap analysis and resource audit, which starts the framework for your digital asset management strategy. Next slide, please, Jane. So my name is Mark Davey. I am the founder of IQ Equity, a dam consultancy, a pure play consultancy, and also the founder of the Codified Dam Consultant, which encapsulates the six steps to dam success, which we're going to be talking through in this series. So uh, nice to meet you all, and I'd like to hand over to Fred. Yeah, thank you, Mark. So for this uh, webinar number two, delighted also to, uh, to join the, the force. And uh, so I'm at the top of the Activo Consulting, providing consultancy for uh, customers first uh, in order to, to select the right DAM system. And so, and also, of course, delighted to, or to share best practice and, uh, and my own experience since the last 25 years. Sure. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Sean Proctor. I've been with IQ Equity now for just over a year. I'm involved in dam strategy and implementation and hands-on with proof of concept development and sandbox build. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. And our star of today, Mr. James Rourke. James, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, everybody. My name is James Rourke. I'm a data scientist and dam specialist, and I've been working in dam consultancy for IQ Equity for seven years. Um, I helped Mark to create the Codified Consultant, and um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about resource audits and gap analysis today. Okay, so we're first going to dig into gap analysis. A Gap analysis looks at whether a company's business requirements are being met by assessing the performance of software, business processes, and other information-based systems. The gap actually refers to the gap between one's present state and one's future state, i.e. we are here, these are the gaps in our knowledge or capabilities, and in order to get where we want to be, we need to make changes or improvements in these particular areas. And here are some of the questions that you'll be able to answer by carrying out a gap analysis. At the end of the day, we don't know what we don't know. And a lot of businesses who take um, the gap analysis will realize that they could be doing a lot better. The good thing is that a gap analysis helps you pinpoint where things need to improve. But overall, it allows you to set long-term goals and allows you to, to imagine what your system will look like in a year or five years. <clears throat> the DAM maturity model is a type of gap analysis. Uh, it was developed nearly 10 years ago by industry experts and thought leaders. It's it stood the test of time and is still relevant um, despite the fact that the technology to which it relates has changed a lot. So there's four parent categories, people, information, systems, and processes, further divided into 15 subcategories shown here. At IQXT, we believe that every digital project, however big, starts with people. And the DAM maturity model very deliberately does too, with the other parent categories, information, systems, and processes, following in an order which aligns with best practice on how you should tackle them. 
sadly, all too often we see companies put little to no thought into the people using the dam on the front line. Dam systems are bought based on industry prevalence. Just because a software vendor is prevalent in the industry and has a capable system, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're suitable for your needs. And sometimes a particular business unit or department drives the acquisition and the product chosen is only suitable for them and not for the rest of the enterprise. All too often, there's a lack of preparatory work carried out before the acquisition, and then um, the company scrambles to carry out the work that should have already taken place. So in this scenario, you'll find out after the fact that a dam doesn't support a particular file format or doesn't integrate with software you use regularly or that you don't have local support teams. To make an analogy, this is like buying a car, buying a Ferrari when it's completely unsuitable for your needs. It has two seats when you need four. And the parts and garages experienced in fixing the car are hard to come by. And the add-ons and insurance are far more expensive than you can afford. And we, uh, we have used this analogy in the past uh, when talking about getting the basics right before you spend the money. So you buy a Mini, you get used to it, you move to a Ferrari, and then eventually you move to a spaceship. And gap analysis is a good way to ground you and focus on the basics. The big thing is make sure you don't buy first and ask questions later. Yeah, that's a good point, James. We see in a lot of cases, especially with large enterprise clients, they bought the spaceship, they haven't done the work for the Mini, the Mini can't carry the load to the Ferrari, and it's just mothballed in the corner. Uh, so really, don't buy software before you've done the proprietary work, especially the gap analysis, resource audit, and the six steps. Fred, do you have anything to add? Yeah, for sure. And uh, I do agree. And maybe one thing I can add at the top is because this is something I can see uh, too many often uh, with some customers. They think, okay, now we're maybe I just have to uh, take a glance to the Gartner, the top five or Forrester Waves, and I'm okay. Uh, I'm sure it will fit our requirements. And it's 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 not really the case. So uh, I, without saying that, I do not say that they're, they are not doing a good job, but it's definitely an approach that has been changed. And it doesn't mean because you are at the top of a magic quadrant of things that it will fit your solution. And as Sean was saying, it's a, it's not a matter of a car, of, a, of tools, sets, etc. It's a, it's all about this to find the right way. And this is something that we'll describe in the next slides. Thank you, Fred. Yeah, the proprietary work is, uh, the preparatory work is definitely uh, going to help not just yourselves and your stakeholders, but it's going to help you identify the correct vendor also. Thank you, James. Next slide. Thanks, guys. <clears throat> so starting with people, we suggest that very early on you should engage with your end users. This will help you to identify stakeholders from across the business and also the knowledge and talent, which will help you run your dam more effectively. You may need to carry out change management. Uh, change management shouldn't be a scary term. It often involves reassigning individuals to new roles or bringing in talent from outside the company rather than firing anybody or getting rid of any particular job roles. So the maturity model firstly allows you to identify the people in your company who have the technical expertise to support operation of the dam system and associated processes. 
It secondly helps you to identify the key stakeholders who understand your business and can guide that change with the company with the company's ethos at heart. And then you are able to align business and technical expertise uh, and create a DAN team and hopefully a board of stakeholders who help to manage and operate the DAN system as representatives of each and every business unit. <clears throat> so moving on to information, the gap analysis will help you identify your current state with regards to um, asset and metadata storage. You can then focus on specific issues about how assets and metadata are used and where they're located and the differences in usage across different business units and use case scenarios. With regards to metadata, gap analysis looks at the obvious, i.e. how well you mark up your assets and the not so obvious. So how well you're engaging in knowledge transfer, um, how well you're utilizing administrative and rights metadata to ensure that company policies are being followed. And much like the ordering of the parent categories, we see assets and metadata as the starting point for an information-centric DAM strategy. So once you have your assets and metadata in order, reuse, findability, and delivering to different use cases becomes much more straightforward. <clears throat> Moving on to systems. So part of the process of talking to stakeholders is that you will establish the usage and the impacts of the dam across your business units. What you may also discover is that there is a need for dam in places where it's not being used. It's important to realize that dam doesn't exist in isolation. There are other systems and integrations that should be catered for. It may be that you need to look at pairing down with other platforms for content delivery. As with other steps, um, it's important to identify policies and protocols that are working and think about security. And finally, you also need to consider the systems infrastructure and how that is supported by your employees, stakeholders, and how assets and metadata travel through it. <clears throat> and final category, is processes and this ties everything together. You've got to recognize the processes that are mission critical and have them at the forefront of your decision-making process. To return to an earlier point, we don't know what we don't know. So examine your workflow closely. It may be that diamond associated technologies can significantly improve your current situation. We'll um, go into governance in greater detail later in the series. Um, but for now, recognize that it is important to start thinking about governance at the start of any process involving DAM. I think the team would like to say something on this as well. Yeah, I'd just like to add a part that we uh, do cover governance in more detail in a later webinar series. But for now, it is, apart from the people buying the spaceship and it's sitting in the corner mothball, the next thing that makes digital asset management strategies and implementations fail is the lack of governance. Governance usually comes right at the end when people realize the rights, roles and permissions or the data models not up to the spec for the silos, etc. And probably through this series, you'll get sick of me banging on about governance. And most of my clients are sick of me banging on about governance because it is the single biggest 
problem in our industry. Fred, do you have a point to make? Yeah, for sure. Um, maybe one thing, and because uh, I'm spending uh, certainly a lot of time on customer side, but uh, what beyond the technologies, AI or everything's about the t this this type of things, are uh, one of my customer is explaining every day that uh, ninety five percent of a success is uh, is based on the people. It's very important to get a right communication at uh, between uh, the C levels, uh, project manager, IT. And at the end of the day, the technology is just 5%. Of course, you need to select the right one. The other things I would like to highlight is the metadata. So uh, when we are thinking about to start with a DAM system, uh, it's not simply as, of course, it's a single source of truth for the organization, but it's going beyond. And as for example, you have really to think about uh, the place uh, of the DAM system inside the world organization. So especially as, for example, I can see here, uh, based on my experience I've got since the last two years uh, with whatever retailers or some e-retail mechanism for brands uh, they are everything is starting from DAM up to the PIM and, and, and the CMS so uh, you have this uh, distribution of uh, assets and metadata which, which is very important and just as for example for a PIM system you have, you sh you have to manage sometimes more than hundreds and hundreds of metadata. So it's very important to, uh, to be able on your side to, uh, to manage the right metadata sets in the DAM, uh, to be able on your side to, to create these metadata sets and to think about the metadata, the metadata alongside this, this workflow, which is definitely very important. Thank you, Fred. So I'm going to um, now move to what we've been up to. <laughs> the maturity model is available for download and has been for some time. We've been working towards making the data more relevant to you and giving you a bit more insights into what your maturity score means. So we're going to have a look at some of the um, live data from the site. <clears throat> you can gain a visualization, which will give you a broad scope of where your strengths and weaknesses lie in terms of the subcategories. And can it'll suggest where you might need to look to make improvements. And then you can go into specifics. So this particular person who took the maturity model quite recently has marked operational for technical expertise. And this is pretty good. Um, we see very few companies at operational and optimal across the industry. However, there is space to improve. And as the description says, in order to optimize, you need to look more closely at data and knowledge transfer. You need to think about future-proofing the business, what DAM is going to look like in five years, how you're going to utilize technical expertise to support this change. And finally, this is, um, this is a big one we advise you that you should configure rather than customize. We've seen a trend in recent years that highly customized systems with legacy coding struggle to adapt to technical change and innovation in the industry. So to look at another example, uh, we have system prevalence. This relates to the level to which DAM is spread across an organization, but also how well it's being used across different business units. 
a point that I will keep on coming back to is that just because you buy a piece of software doesn't mean that people will use it or will want to use it. <clears throat> so this person scored a little lower for prevalence than for technical expertise, and that suggests that they are not translating technical expertise into observable benefits. And this goes back to change management. Um, it's not always about finding or replacing people. It's often about repurposing talent or knowledge within the organization, specifically for the benefit of DAM. So there are multiple other considerations listed here, and each has uh, an associated entry in a glossary. Uh, here are a few examples from the glossary. We've spoken already about change management. We believe that every DAM system should have a DAM champion. They serve as a cheerleader and an evangelist who engages relevant areas of the business. Um, you probably need one from day one, um, somebody who can orchestrate and outreach and relay technical knowledge to end users and get them excited about the DAM system. <clears throat> There's also details about functionality and requirements, such as version history. So. There are terms that may not be familiar to every end user, and we felt it was useful to share our knowledge with um, the average DAM user so they get what they want. Before we move on to resource audits, is there anything the team would want to add here? I'm good, James. No, I think it's all. It's okay. Okay, great stuff. So now we've made broad assessments of your company, you've been able to establish your current state and where you might want to be in a year or five years. The next step is to dig into the specifics. So what do I have? Where is it located? How can I utilize it, replace it or improve it? It's likely that through the gap analysis, you've already started to identify resources. You, you're talking to stakeholders, you found assets, metadata, where they're stored, and how they're delivered across the organization. You've maybe started to think about systems and processes that are associated with DAM, and all this information is relevant to building a DAM strategy. <clears throat> what you should have at the end of a resource audit is an idea of the strategies you'll need to be successful. You should again start with people, build the right team, and everything else will flow from there. As consultants, we start with people and then we start to look at repositories. We move on to metadata. We help to build control vocabularies and taxonomies if necessary. And we think about the entire asset life cycle. Is there anything that um, the team would like to add here? I think it's a, that's a very good representation of uh, finally what I'm using every day, what I'm uh, the experience I've got every day. Uh, I like also the fact because something you just said before about the damn champion, which is something we can see most of the time in the US, in the UK. Uh, but outside, uh, the fact just to get a damn manager or to build a, a team of librarians is not something I can see uh, most of the time. And I think it's very something very important. Uh, personally, I do not trust uh, so much AI or things like that. So maybe it will improve our driving way in the next years. But uh, for now, it's so important to get the people to work on the vocabulary on the taxonomies. 
and uh, and of course to get a dam manager. So uh, as you as we said in the beginning, uh, and I think it's very important to to be here as the first point. You need to get the right team, and you need to communicate and to share to all this to all your people inside the organization. Yeah, I'd just like to add to that for a couple of things. So first of all, dam is not just a technology purchase, as we've mentioned previously. It is a strategy. DAM is a metadata engine that relies on good sound data models. And to your point about AI, AI is only as good as the data models that it can feed off. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, gentlemen. That was really helpful. So just a little bit about what we do as a consultancy. I think I've, I've already mentioned it, but we, we generally carry out stakeholder interviews, but at the moment that's obviously quite difficult. Um, so we have a range of questionnaires and data collection methods that we can make available to our clients, we carry out business intelligence and analytics. Um, and often there's a bespoke element to these, um, to these analyses. We know that every client has different needs and individual requirements. And if your metadata is in complete disarray, we can help to build taxonomy, control vocab, do metadata mapping and so on. So I'll hand over to Mark here just to talk a little bit about resource audits in practice. Yeah, so thanks, James. So what we're looking at here is, as James mentioned, we have a number of ways of uh, obtaining data behind the firewall and what you're looking at here is our gap analysis resource audit form where we're asking the typical questions you know what is your experience how many hours does it take you searching for content how many systems do you have to look on to find the content what sort of platforms are you using where are the pain points and where are the people using content um, and recently, we, with a client, we actually uh, sent out, we managed to get the support of the CEO to drive this, we sent out 12,000 emails with the gap analysis and resource form embedded, and we were able to get a clear picture of what content and data and context is to build a framework for the DAM strategy. And this is critically important that Although we work in marketing departments or sales departments, we all have our own use cases. But when you go further afield into the silos and the departments, you see that everybody's actually using content at some level, whether they're an ideator, creator, curator, etc. And we also know that there are systems that gain traction behind the firewall. Uh, we aggregate those, but we also give the ability to for companies to add their own proprietary systems or, or legacy systems to our data. And this builds a clear picture for management. It helps you with the return on investment. It sets up the framework for able to looking for the, for the gaps in the strategy and also looking at vendor capability against some of the resources that you need. Thank you, James. Oh, that's me again. Sorry, James. Okay. <laughs> so this is this is an example of aggregated data. And we see clearly here that one of the major pain points is access permissions and roles. And within that, you know, do I have the rights to use this content? 
Can I use it on the, the right platforms? Am I struggling with file formats? Does the DAN system enable me to transform and transcode these files quickly within the browser without having to download it into some software systems and all the famous ones that we know? Uh, what are the issues around workflows on best practices and guidelines? These are all aggregated across the, the form that we use and it clearly shapes the strategy and the formula for uh, Dan moving forward. Next slide, please, Fred. Fred, I think you wanted to talk about this. Yeah, I, I like the first one also, but a good description because it's <laughs> it, it should be maybe a wish list for a couple of vendors regarding customers' requirements. And, uh, and of course, uh, one thing I, I can say on, on this second slide is, uh, of course, uh, we are spending too much time on email and etc. And people are waiting more and more to use the dam, not only to retrieve assets, but to use the assets in order to start marketing campaign, uh, to connect to the ecosystem. Uh, as for example, I was talking about the e-retail use cases. And today, uh, I'm just working on three different main projects to, uh, for now. And I have to connect to Salesforce, I have to connect to PIM system, I have got to connect to CMS. Uh, so a couple of tool sets. Uh, just for your information, Microsoft start, uh, beginning of this year made a survey with that more, more or less uh, you have hundreds of, of, uh, of tools inside each organization. And the brown guideline is also something very important. And in the meantime, you still have these uh, SharePoint things. It's true that when you are looking at, for example, and we, this is exactly a use case I'm working uh, just just now as a damn product owner for Michelin. Uh, a lot of people uh, inside the organization are used to or, to play with SharePoint, and of course Microsoft did some uh, some updates of the system, so it looks like nice outside. But as soon as you want to play with the assets, search for uh, it, just uh, outside of, uh, and people are just upset about it. So. That's this slide is a uh, is a good representation alongside the social things just like Slack and etc. Thank you, Fred and Mark. So just to conclude things, the outcome of all of this is to have a single dam with a single source of the truth, where you have consolidated or integrated silos of assets and metadata. You have a global taxonomy and vocabulary, so everyone's speaking the same language, everyone's on the same page. Your systems and processes are connected and shared across business units. You've identified issues and pain points, and perhaps you started to come up with solutions. And now you have an idea of what you might want and how you might get it. And that's where we move into requirements gathering, which will be the next webinar. Um, and I'll... Uh, I'll defer to the team to make any other conclusions that they have. Uh, I want other person agree, <laughs> of course. Uh, sure. Now I think it's important to to get in mind these uh, different uh, points. Uh, it's all about the the people. I, I think it's very important to today when you are uh, have to make a selection of a dam system uh, to think about uh, these items. Uh, it's important to think about. Uh, we say that the dam system is. Uh, an engine for metadata. I, I will also say it's also for the files. Uh, I see too many often some damn system unable to manage very large 
TIFF files or things like that, or EPS files, just, just crazy. And I'm not talking about video. Um, workflow management is also something uh, I would like to see more. Uh, and it makes the dam, I would say, great, great again, uh, just because you have to share the content now across the world with hundreds of stakeholders. And so uh, I do not see uh, not so smart solutions, uh, to be honest. So, so it, and at the end of the day, this also so it is so much useful and that's really this type of gathering I'm using every day in my in my daily job life or with customers. Yeah, and I'd just like to add in conclusion, the, the resource audit is a valuable insight, especially when you are a large enterprise in multiple countries. And what we see traction of one system is not traction in another. We see multiple competing systems and, you know, license fees and things like that get factored into this. And when you get down to this harmonization with DAM as the one single source of the truth, I love you, Frodo, uh, you get a better, clearer picture. And what we're trying to do with this webinar series is if you treat it like Lego blocks. So we had the, when we had the first webinar series, we showed you the DAM capability, which James was showing where it, it showed whether the client was um, ad hoc, incipient, formative, etc. This starts the process of asking the right questions. And because we've aggregated our knowledge into the gap analysis and the resource audit, it nicely segues to the next webinar, which is the next page, please, Dave, James. Where we will be looking at understanding the complexity requirements gathering. And, uh, you know, that's a, a big piece. A lot of people struggle in terms of putting their requirements together. And we will be going through that on the next webinar series on the 23rd of June. And look at that. We've just done dead on 30 minutes. Have we got some time for questions today, Mark? We do. If uh, anybody would like to ask questions, the Q&A is open. and should have been open. Uh, forgive me. I didn't put it up straight away. We'll give that a minute. <laughs> then we're uh, on the 7th of July, we're looking at data models, rights, roles and permissions. And on the 21st of July, we will be digging into use case scenarios, aggregating all the information we've got to this point where we can actually treat the system and uh, our analysis of vendors, the 10 core characteristics, which we'll get into, uh, the intangibles and the APIs, et cetera. And then finally, on August the 4th, we will be looking at the role of enterprise transformation. So looking at the poll that we've just done, we're seeing that uh, most of, oh, we've got some some very interesting analysis here in terms of most of our participants are at the operational level, uh, hopefully moving to optimal. But as we see generally around uh, enterprise clients, they are at ad hoc and incipient. Well, that's me for today. We don't seem to have any questions. There will be a video available and I hope you can join us on the 23rd of June for looking at requirements gathering. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Much appreciated. Cheers. Have a good day.